Would you like to count us down? In five, four, three, two. I don't even know why I said that because I don't have the song ready. <laughs> there we go. Let's go, Steven. First thing I, I remember knowing was a long whistle blowing and dream of growing up to ride on a freight train leaving town. We know all the words. The lyrics are no one changed my mind, but mama tried. One and only rebel child from a family My mama seemed to know. My mama said, Mama tried again. Out of all my Sunday learning, towards the bad I kept on turning, till mama couldn't hold me Let's go, Steven. You ready? I turned 21, 21 without parole. No one could steer me right, but mama tried. Mama it's tried, like mama tried to raise me better, <laughs> but her pleading I denied. That was only me to blame, cause mama tried. Just a little bit. Do 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 oh. <laughs> The guitar is so satisfying. I know. I'm not even a big fan. Or is it a banjo? It could be. I'm not a big fan of country music, but that song is nice. Yeah, it's not bad. That older country music, like I'm not going to go out and listen to it, but it's actually not... Um, not terrible. It, today's country yes. music, today's country music is just terrible. <laughs> yeah, most country music post nine eleven <laughs> has been <laughs> has been uh, abysmal. Yeah. Welcome to episode sixty four of Santa Mira After Dark. I'm Jeremy. I'm Stephen. And um, what are we talking about today, Stephen? We're talking about The Strangers from 2008. Uh, directed by... I, I just knew his name, but now I can't remember it. Uh, IMDb will not load. Directed by Brian Bertino, who uh, so, somehow has not had a uh, very... Um, I mean, he's made a couple of good movies. I'm, mm -hmm. surprised, I'm surprised he hasn't made more. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> guess he was the says he produced the black coat's daughter which was a good movie um from uh, a24 but he he directed that movie mm. Mock, mockingbird which i hated um he directed the a24 film the monster which i thought was decent he directed the dark and the wicked which was um very good it's actually very similar to the strangers but it um involves ghosts so oh, okay it does it, that came out a couple of years ago it was a pandemic movie so it was just easily like buried and thrown onto streaming services what's it called 
the, the dark and the wicked. Um, the dark and the wicked. On a secluded farm in a nondescript rural town, a man is slowly dying. His family gathers to mourn, and soon a darkness grows, marked by waking nightmares and a growing sense that something evil is taking over the family. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it has yeah, a lot of... the poster. It has a lot of parallels to The Strangers. You could tell it's definitely the <clears throat> same person. It's actually a, sh- a Shudder movie, I believe. Mm. That's where I saw it. But yeah, it's, it's actually not... Uh, it's actually pretty good. So, Mockingbird I did not like at all. Um, Monster I thought was okay. And then Strangers and The Dark and the Wicked were very good, I believe. Um Speaking of, uh, what did you I think of the strangers? strangers? Oh, <laughs> I love the strangers. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So, like, one thing I realized going through it in recent years, because at this point I've seen this movie so many times that, like, I was watching it and taking notes, and I'm like, why am I even doing this? I could pretty much walk through the movie without, yeah. with, without needing to take notes on anything. But one thing I learned in recent years is that we're we're very light on um very light on plot in this movie. <laughs> um Yeah. It's we, you know, you get a little bit of character development and a yeah, little bit it, of backstory, but not a lot. It it's almost like it's just um it's just like building up tension because like we're walking yeah. through. We're walking through the house a lot. We're walking in the yard a lot. We're we're walking back to the house a lot. Which I mean isn't isn't necessarily a bad thing, but like I I guess when when I saw this movie when we were like twelve or thirteen or something, I remember this being um, a lot more action packed than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, I, at the theaters. Yeah, I I still remember to this day that um like no movie has has scared me as much as this movie, and like I, I remember even watching the um like the the commercials on TV, and they were on during Monday Night Raw. Yeah, and I remember watching it in the dark room, and there was that shot of the um the uh, the doll face girl. Mm-hmm. And she she was just swinging uh, on that swing, and like that that shot at, at like ten o'clock at night in a dark room was absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, I remember being like, I, I remember convincing our mom to take us to go see it when we were like twelve <laughs> or thirteen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like the the next. I mean, even even that night, I think I went to bed early just because I was af- afraid to stay up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was afraid to even be awake because of what I just saw. And I went uh, when I woke up the next morning. I was afraid to get out of bed, so I remember just laying in bed for like two hours. I was afraid to go downstairs <laughs> by myself <laughs> because you, you know, like these 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 three people are terrifying. Yeah, um, I, I think it's just the, um, I guess it's it's just like 
the home invasion aspect of it, where like uh -huh. you think you're in a safe place, and it's like oh, these three people just want to uh, ruin that and just show up and terrorize you. Um, yeah, this movie is pretty much the reason why I don't answer the door and why I always have my phone on me in the house, mm -hmm. no matter where I'm at. Yeah, it's just like so unsettling, even though we're very low on plot and we're very low on things actually happening. Like the idea of just three people showing up and like for mm -hmm. most of the for most of the movie, like they have the chance to attack and kill these two people, but they just don't. And it, it's almost like like I don't, I don't know how like the the idea of just like knowing that you're outnumbered and knowing that you're gonna die, mm -hmm. like every, everything you do isn't working. Yeah. And knowing that these three people just are just going to drag this out as long as they can because it seems like it's just fun to them, you know? And they're very organized with what they do. Yeah, it, it, it seems like it's, it's a game, and they're not in a hurry to kill you, and they'll just make you suffer and panic for as long as they want to... Yeah, as long as they want to drag it out. Um... Uh, one one thing that I wanted to ask is I, I mean I know you don't have the answer to this, but I, I have no idea wh why this is not franchise. I know. Like you have, you have three iconic characters, like three. I mean the the sackhead has been done multiple times, but like this, this guy who plays, uh -huh. um, I guess his name is Man in Mask. Even though in the notes I've called, I just wrote sackhead. <laughs> hmm. uh, like he's very creepy and very unsettling. Even though his look isn't necessarily unique, the other two are unique, uh -huh. not necessarily him. But like, I have no idea how they didn't drag this out. And we should be on like the Strangers Part Eight right now. I'm kind of glad we aren't. I mean, I, I I'd be fine with it. Just because, like, I don't know, I feel like we we need a um, a slasher series going on. Even though, mm -hmm. we, like, like, right now we do have, like, Halloween and a few others going on. But when this came out, like, the, the slasher genre was, like, pretty much done and over with, except for, like, remakes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the franchises we were getting were, like, Saw and... Insidious and The Conjuring, and they were all like, not this. So I feel like th this would have stood out. And I was looking at the box office numbers for when this came out because I was trying to figure out why it didn't make oh, yeah. a sequel to this. I saw those last night. It was very successful. Yeah, it it was behind, um, I think Indiana Jones and what was the other one? Might it, no, it wasn't the Hulk. It was can't remember the other one, but it it was um, pretty much behind two blockbusters, which you can kind of forgive it for. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I, I guess for like a small, low budget film, like it did very good, and they just never really capitalized on it. And then 
eventually did get a sequel, but it doesn't, um, you know, it, it's um, not really, and I guess it is a sequel, but it doesn't feel like one. No. I would have much rather been, like, maybe 2010 we get the Strangers 2, and, like, we have proof that it's the same people just going off and committing more crimes. Because we do get a hint at the end of this movie that there will be, that there's going to be more movies, but they just don't do okay. it. Yeah, um, it seems like those sequel killers were different, too. Yeah, that, that's a theory I have. I don't know how popular that it, that theory is. Uh, it's kind of like our um, uh, spark plug theory on the town that dreaded sundown, where we uh-huh. we kind of just have our own theory, and we're not sure how many other people have it. But um, I think that the um, killers and the strangers pray at night are copycat killers. Uh-huh. Uh, that, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it, it they just don't feel like the same people at all. And they're different. Yeah, because they do—they do get unmasked, um, but you don't really see their faces. But yeah, you can tell that the the one girl is definitely different. Um, I mean, I am interested in going back to revisit that sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've seen it twice, but um, I don't I don't think it's as good as this one, um, and I I don't think it really had the same. A cultural impact is the strangers, but I mean, even amongst the horror community, like there's a lot of people that consider the strangers iconic. So I don't, I don't yeah. know how, I don't know how we're not on like part eight or part seven by now. Hmm. Yeah, we could have at least had four. I would say. Oh, <clears throat> I think they did write a script and it leaked. And like Liv Tyler was supposed to come back, which I I don't know how I feel about. Um, I mean, I like the idea of I'm just kind of tacking at random, like oh this, ha- like these people are home, so mm-hmm. let's do this because they don't really have a motive. It's just like just like a game that they do for fun. They could have showed like, well, she could have appeared in like documentary form or something on yeah. TV. It's like, oh, it's been a year since. Yeah, like, similar to the beginning of, of uh, Terrifier. I think that would be good. Mm-hmm. Just execute it better, of course. Yeah, um... Just want to no, no shade to Terrifier. <laughs> just want, I just <laughs> want to apologize right now, because my neighbor is cutting his grass, so I don't know if that's getting picked up on the microphone. Um, no, I didn't hear anything. Okay, if, if it is, then that's what's going on. And really, he doesn't know that I uh, record a podcast at noon on Saturdays, but wow, selfish. Yeah. Um, are you familiar of the uh, true story that this is apparently based off of? I heard that the director. It was like somebody was knocking on doors in his neighborhood and asking if a random person was home. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about that too. Um, and I guess eventually there was like killings in the area. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's what he's. I think that's one story he's running with. Another theory is that it's based off of the Manson murders, which. Yeah, I heard that one too. Other thing that's like 
could be true. Um, the other one that um, I heard that it could be based off of, and it's actually a, a pretty scary case, uh, the the Teddy Cabin murders. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, I think I was reading that last night, too. Yeah, that's st- that story is terrifying. Um, I didn't read, like, in-depth, but... I remember reading about that when this movie came out, and just mm. added added more fear to my already <laughs> uh, terrified brain that because um, it, it was like just this small cabin and there was really no way of not knowing if someone was in there with you yeah because of how small it is and I guess this I mean I don't know all the details but I guess this family was just slaughtered in, in the cabin and they never found out who did it and like the the there was so much force used in the knife that the knife was bent forty five degrees mm. and it just somehow slaughtered like six people in this cabin without anyone hearing a, a thing and um that reminds me of the Velisca axe murders, yeah, yeah, it was um I forget when it took place, but yeah. It was like an an older case, and I guess it like ruined the um it ruined the town they stopped um being like visitors to this campsite and things like that mm-hmm. so it's very similar to that I think um I don't know if the director was just like trying to kind of hide his um inspiration, yeah 'cause I, I think that's what it's based off of. And the idea that someone was just knocking on random houses kind of um I think that's might be a little bit fabricated and I think yeah. he might I think he he might be inspired by the Keddy Cabin murders and just didn't want to say it. Yeah. It's like Jeepers Creepers being inspired by a uh, a case on unsolved mysteries. Mm. They they did a uh, like a reenactment on unsolved mysteries in like 1990, and then that uh, piece of garbage who wrote uh, Jeepers Creepers like obviously took this idea from unsolved mysteries because it's I mean not the exact same thing, but like the whole chase with that big truck thing, like, it's almost, yeah. like, almost identical to oh Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably a movie that we'll never do on the podcast because um, the director is a uh, a piece of garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that I just don't um, really care for them. Those movies. The second one I remember. I haven't seen it in years. I think it might be just nostalgia because I remember we had the DVD when it was like eleven, and I just watched it on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> like every day I would just put Jeepers Creepers 2 on like one of those situations Yeah, I don't know if that's what, why I like it why I remember liking it it probably doesn't hold up at all but I am glad that I, they sold, they sold the, the franchise to someone else so someone who is not a, uh, a child molester can profit and make yeah. money off of that franchise <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I just don't um I think the sci-fi channel ruined those for me. 
But yeah, they, they were those movies that sci-fi constantly showed. <clears throat> um, the reason why I'm kind of taking my time getting into the plot is because there's not a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say that after we talk about the movie, uh, you were not familiar of this, but I'm introducing a uh, a new segment to the podcast. So, oh, so stay tuned for that. Let me put on the spot. <laughs> You, you will be actually. <laughs> um, anyway, and we can kind of start going through the plot. Um, it was, so there's not really a lot here. It's a lot of just walking around and a lot of, a lot of tension building. But um, we'll, we'll try. Yeah, like opens up with a. This is inspired by true events. Uh, it, was this voiceover? Is this the same guy who did the voiceover in the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake? It sounded like it. Because I, I didn't catch that at all until like the, the until this time. I was like, that voice is... Uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to trying to look it up and there's, there's not a uh, cast member for a voiceover, so I'm not sure. But, <clears throat> but yeah, it it, it uh, it's very similar to a Texas Chainsaw Massacre opening where it's like the story that you're about to hear is inspired by, or a story you're about to see is inspired by true events and blah, blah, blah. There's break-ins and murders every year that go unsolved uh-huh. and, and all this and that. But the, uh, the, the last line of this movie, or of this opening, is, is a lie because it says the brutal events that took place are still not entirely known. But if we watch the end of the movie, uh, Kristen lives. So, <laughs> so how how do we not know that uh, you know there's a uh, that the events are unknown? Is she so unhinged now that she's not believable? <clears throat> I don't know, but I don't know. But I mean, I think they should have just killed her off at the end of the movie. Um. I think they did it for the um the jump scare. I was thinking they did it for a sequel, but yeah, they could have done it for that too. Because I think that's what what they were trying to set up, and then that makes you think it is inspired by those cabin murders. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. You mean like the fact that it's not entirely known? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too, but. Yeah, that like that that jump scare that's thrown in at the end, I think is uh, is terrible, <laughs> especially because it's <laughs> especially because it's a one off. Yeah, like like, and they do it twice. Where not not the jump scare, but they they do the thing like, oh, she's dead. The phone's ringing, so she's alive. Oh, he took the phone, so now she's dead again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So there's a. Uh, First off, we had the narration opening the movie, so yeah. we kind of got some, uh, like, I guess some suspense built up by some someone talking, and then we get another one because oh yeah, the nine one one phone call. We get a nine one one call to pretty much again uh, clarify that uh, what you're about to see is uh, is terrifying because <laughs> <laughs> we're seeing the. Um, after the aftermath of what happened, 
And uh, we have a little bit of time jumping here because um, we jump back and we meet our uh, protagonists who are uh, James Hoyt and Kristen McKay, played by Scott Speedman and uh, Liv Tyler, the son of uh, Steven Tyler, who uh, uh-huh. who I think has uh, has had a very um, eventful acting career after this because <laughs> I remember... I remember even in the, uh, it was like a, a the the trailer, like the trailers they were showing before the movie, they had a trailer for the Incredible Hulk, and she's in that movie, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, uh, this this Liv Tyler, she's uh, she's gonna be the next up and coming actress, and then proceeded to do uh, pretty much nothing after this. <laughs> yeah. Um. She is in Ad Astra, which is a movie that, um, uh, yeah, a movie that will cure insomnia. I don't even, I don't even remember her in that movie, but she's there. I barely remember that movie. I remember like a race on the moon or something. Like a, a I remember then the dad like betray the sun in space or something. Something like that, and there's like <laughs> they're like pirates on the moon. <laughs> uh. We're gonna do that movie one day. There's go- there's gonna be a month. Oh, <laughs> there's gonna be a month where the the theme of the month is just me torturing you and <laughs> and putting you through movies that I know you don't want to watch. I am. Then I'll have to do a month for you, and I'll do like marry me <laughs> and stuff. I'm gonna make you watch like Starco. Um. Transformers, um, Ad Astra, um, First Man. <laughs> it's gonna uh-huh. movies like that. It's gonna be a miserable month for you. But you have to do paranormal activity. Um, <laughs> marry me. <laughs> Some random. Yeah. So um, yeah, we meet our protagonist, uh, Kristen and James. They're on their way home from a. Uh, wedding reception and mm-hmm. and it's tensions are high yeah it it's it's pretty funny because this is another thing i didn't realize until this time but it's like we're hinting around at what happened instead of like just coming out and saying it because uh james calls his friend mike and I guess Mike helped him set this whole thing up and he's like, hey Mike things didn't work out the way I wanted them to when you come pick me up in the morning instead of just saying like exactly what happened, you know mm-hmm. um, and yeah. I, think that, <laughs> I think that's to uh, pad the runtime a little bit because then we gotta go back in time and see what, what exactly happened because um, we are at 86 minutes of a movie here and I feel like there's probably like 50 minutes of actual plot going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then we actually do see a flashback, and it's a um, it's a scene where uh, James ends up proposing to Kristen, and she's like, "I'm not ready," but <clears throat> but it's pretty funny because his way of getting her to go outside with him alone is by putting her hand putting his hand on her cheek 
mm-hmm. and saying, I need you to come outside. <laughs> and then she's not having it. She's not having it. And um, like she even says, like, it's cold and like, I just want to go inside. And then uh, he he proposes and she's like, no, I'm not ready. And then it's just awkward through the rest of the night because he I think it's his dad's vacation home is where they're going at. Mm-hmm. And he set it up to be like romantic and things just. Um, as he says, things just didn't work out the way he uh, way he hoped. So I think you now, pretty much have- okay. now one. I'd probably change my mind if I saw the roses. And the romantic gesture, I'd be like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> the, flowers, second, the flowers change your mind? The romantic gesture. The the cabins turning into romance, so I probably would have said yes. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> and second of all, if someone like says no, they're not getting proposed to again. I was going to say, do you have to end the relationship at that point? I probably would, personally. I would not propose again. Especially if it's as awkward as this is. Um, uh, Craig disconnected, by the way. But, uh, oh. <laughs> um, especially if it's as awkward as this is, because... Yeah, like... You know, it, like you could tell he's definitely ready and he, yeah how would how would you ever try to make that move again it was like he, he was 110 percent sure she was going to say yes yeah and and it, yeah it just didn't didn't work out but yeah it's um like i don't know where you go from here you, you pretty much have to, to to end it you know we even see her contemplating when she when he left to go get her cigarettes yeah she puts the ring on Um, yeah, it's, uh, and so, and then she even has the nerve to start some hanky-panky with him. <laughs> yeah. And, um... In the kitchen. Yeah. And it, it, If you're like, doing that, you might as well be engaged. <laughs> I think you kind of just have to, like, when you see that he's setting up the, he set up these flowers stuff, I think you just have to kind of move on and go home for the night no matter how long it is just just drive home <laughs> i gotta go my own way what about trust <laughs> what about everything we've been through it wasn't my part what about trust oh i don't i don't know I <laughs> well all right <laughs> So anyway, they're 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 starting to hanky panky, um, and then uh, there's a knock on the door for the first time, which mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, ruins the mood. But um, big so, time. Yeah, so now, did it. you? Oh, go ahead. Did you rent the movie or did you watch it somewhere else? I have the Blu-ray. Oh, okay, because I rented it, and. I saw the woman's face clearly. <laughs> okay. Because I've never Blu- seen her face clearly before. The Blu-ray I have, I think, is from, like, the early days of Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not that 
it's not that good. It's um, I couldn't really see her face. It was like a bad transfer, and I know they've they've redid it in like a Shout Factory Blu-ray when the sequel came out. I wish I had that one because I'm sure it looks a lot better than the one I have. I mean, it looked kind of grainy, but I was able to see her face. No, when when I say it looked bad, like there there were multiple shots in this movie that looked bad. On, this, mm-hmm. on on the Blu-ray transfer, this has to be like a Blu-ray from like 2009 or something. Oh, okay. Um, I I got it at a used. Um, I got it at the exchange like a few years ago. It was like three dollars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a very old transfer, and it just doesn't hold up. Like, I'm pretty sure if I watched on DVD, it might look a, lo- a lot better than this. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's a uh, <clears throat> it's a blonde woman at the door, um, and she has the iconic line, "Is Tamara home?" Mm-hmm. And it, it so I, I thought of this as we were watching as I was watching the movie. It would have been cool if she would have asked for a guy, like, "Oh, is is Kevin home?" Because then it could be like, oh, is Kevin the man with the the sack on his head? Because he's in the house. Because he's in the house. And it's like, oh, if she's asking for Kevin, maybe that's because he's in the house. He is in the house. So I I thought of that, but I... Because I think Tamara... Like, I don't even know what the origin of that is. Just a way to be spooky. Yeah, just a way to break the ice, I guess. Um, <laughs> James says no, and then she like creepily walks away and says, "Okay, I'll see you later." And um, yeah, so that that was weird. Um, yeah, and someone tells me see you later like that. Mm. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, they go back into the house. We're kind of just walking around again. Uh, Kristen mentions that she's out of cigarettes. And James is like, oh, I'll go get you some because I don't want to be here. So this will be my excuse. I'll leave you alone so you can be with these killers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he leaves to go get cigarettes. Um I mean, I probably wouldn't have even came back. That would have been funny. Um, I think why, kind didn't, of... why didn't one of them get a hotel and the other one stay at the house or something? I think it's because they didn't, they didn't officially break up or anything. I think they still want to be together, maybe. If I was him. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, I'm going to drop you off at a hotel. And I'm going to go to the house. Then he'd have to deal with all this by himself. Yeah. I was going through this, I'd probably just kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't even know what time they get there, but it has to be, like, 9 o'clock or something by the time they get there. They said something when she knocked on the door the first time. It was, like, around 4 a.m. What the heck? (laughs) The wedding reception ran late, and they had to drive all the way back to this secluded house. What the heck? Like... If it's 4 a.m. already, like, you only have a few hours to go before morning. 
Yeah, they showed the clock, everything. It was like right around 4 a.m. Wow. Because it would start getting dark in like like three hours at the most. Or start mm-hmm. getting light, light I mean. It, but I don't know. <clears throat> anyway. Um, while he's gone, we're walking around the house some more, we're taking a bath. Um, and the rose petals. James eats ice cream at some point. Um, then, uh, I think she hears a knock again at this point. Mm-hmm. And she's playing that song. It's called The Sprout and the Bean, which is forever inserted into my mind. <laughs> like that, um, that part in the song. Should we go outside? Like, it's just forever stuck in in my head the mellow um, sounding music yeah um <clears throat> i do like how this movie and the sequel do have like distinct soundtracks well they like, each have a, a moment too with the song oh yeah they do um like the sequel <clears throat> the sequel has like 80s music this one mm-hmm. has like like throwback country music so i do like the different yeah, um, with different tones, but um, yeah, the, the blonde girl is uh back at the door, um, and she's once again asking for uh Tamara. And um, she sh- she could have asked for a guy this time, <clears throat> yeah, because he for sure was in the house this time. Because Tamara could be the dark haired girl, and Michael could have been. <laughs> <laughs> sack guy, yeah, sack guy. <clears throat> Is that his name, sack guy? Is sack guy home? <laughs> um, yeah, we forgot to mention that before James left, he started a fire for Kristen, and um, she asks if Tamara's home, and and she says no, and then she shuts the door, and then the um, I guess the vent for the smoke to get out was closed by. An unknown person, and now the smoke detector is uh is going off. So it's crazy how he's able to do all this stuff around the house while she's distracted and never gets caught once. <clears throat> like he's yeah. that quiet. Yeah, we, we are getting some uh some like supernatural things going on that don't really make a whole ton of sense. Um. I don't think these characters are meant to be supernatural, but I think he just um he knows what he's doing, so he's he knows how to be as quiet as possible. Yeah, I think they're just good at what they do. Yeah. Um Yeah, so it's um I guess we're kind of building up more tension because like the smoke detector's going off. Uh this blonde girl is still knocking at the door. Um it, it's um you know, it's it's pretty unsettling, and then she like attaches the smoke detector, and it's important to note the way she places it is that it's uh, it's face down, mm-hmm. um, like this. The sackhead guy is uh, very um, cryptic with the things he does, because um, when she goes back to the door, we see that it's it's. Uh, Flip the other way, 
Yeah. So, just like my like little things like that give you like the hint, like oh, that wasn't like that beforehand. So someone has to be in here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So very good. So did did they end up cutting the cord or the phone lines? Yeah, I think so. Because the phone line goes dead, and she goes to charge her cell phone. And then, and then I think she calls. Um, I think she calls James on her cell phone, right? I think she called him on the house phone because her cell phone was dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. And then the line went dead too. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Always charge your cell phone or keep it charged. I think it was just a. Like of its time, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone had a house phone, in two thousand eight, pretty much. Yeah, and if I think like that was the the means of communication was through a house phone, and the cell phones were like number two, mm-hmm. unless you were like a teenager. So I think, I think at this point, like it was normal for people to not immediately have access to their cell phones. Yeah, I think that was why. But, but yeah, uh, she's calling James on the phone, and then the call drops, and then she's walking around the kitchen some more. <clears throat> and this is where we get that um, iconic scene that's on the poster, and it was in the trailers, of her just standing in the kitchen, and then and then the sack head is just uh, standing behind her in the distance. Mm-hmm. And... um. People complain about these scenes, and I, I'll, I'll never understand why, because it's like, they say that the, char- the character in the movie is not scared that they're being watched, and it's just for the audience. But I think that's the point, because yeah. it's like, oh, you could be, like, you, you could be watched at any point and not know it, and then like, the characters in the movie don't know it, and that's really the point of the scene, but people... Some people have, like, gripes with this type of scare, but... I like it. Yeah, I really like it. Nope. <laughs> I was gonna play a, a a YouTube video, but the ads started playing. <laughs> that is embarrassing. It's just standing there, <laughs> Yeah, that's what I of when I saw that scene. Um, yeah, so so where are we at now? Um, lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, so the the uh, the killer is in the background, like we said. Um, yeah. When he when he walks away, I think we hear him close the door. Yeah. Which I thought and was. And then there's more knocks at the front door. Yeah. Get her to focus on that for a minute. Um, so he could sneak back out and take the phone or take the cell phone. Yeah, it's almost like these people have like different types of communication because they're like, like she's knocking on the door just so the guy can go do some other things. Yeah, it's like they have this whole game plan figured out. So her cell phone was taken, 
and she's hearing like the wind chimes going off now. So it's clearly something going on mm-hmm. outside with this woman knocking. And <clears throat> this scene is strange because it's like she she grabbed a knife from the kitchen, mm-hmm. and and like as she as she goes to open the the curtain with the knife, like the something starts grinding outside. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was someone's doing or if that's just the the movie just throwing in extra noises. Because <laughs> we do that later on too. There's some random noises in there that I I uh, took down in my notes. We'll get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> yeah, as she opens the curtain, we see uh, sack heads in the window. So this is the first time we see him, and. Um, yeah, one of the most uh, scary scenes as as a young Jeremy. Um, mm-hmm. Does not get much scarier than uh, than this. And then she hits the record player, and uh, I forget the name of the song, but I guess uh, Sackhead put on a different different record. <laughs> I guess so. This one's um, the more upbeat. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know the name of the song, but it keeps skipping on this one part where it's just saying "Quicksilver Girl." Um, I I, I remember hearing this in the trailer too, and it's it, like I don't I don't know. There's there's just something about like old old music in a uh, in a horror movie that it's just very unsettling. And I just love like, when they mess with songs and movies. Like the um, like the 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 skipping, it it's just very unsettling. Yeah, yeah, I love um, when movies do stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. when um, I got five on it. Yeah, that was a good one too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she goes to the front door, and then we see Dollface approach the front door. Um, so it's like, oh, there's two of them now. Mm-hmm. And so she goes into the bedroom. It's um, it, it's very weird because I think we're starting to to set up that uh, James is responsible for all of this. Um, I think that's what we're like hinting at because like she's hiding in the bedroom. She breaks the lamp so the lights go out. Yeah. She yells at them to go away, and then the music stops, and um. We hear footsteps, which is which we think would be uh, one of the killers. But somehow during all of this, uh, James actually showed up and got into the house. Um, so, I, yeah, I think we're kind of setting up that James might be responsible for this, even though um, yeah, he's obviously not. Yeah, they quickly shut that theory down. It was probably just going to be like a temporary theory for the second. Like oh maybe he's the killer but then probably like yeah. the next the next scene they like no he's not involved in any way yeah but it, it it is cool how like the banging immediately stops as soon as James enters the room yeah and, and they somehow like like he somehow managed to sneak into the house while all of this was happening um and then she's like Kristen's like telling James that oh there's this man and. There's people in masks and 
like he doesn't really believe her. Yeah, which is another like either either a it's a horror movie trope where it's like oh no nothing's happening you're just going crazy, or it's like <laughs> or it's like oh he's um he's like a crazy boyfriend who's just like gaslighting her into um like acting like nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, we're doing some more walking around. Um, they're searching the house, but they don't really find anything. Um, yeah, they, I know they peek out the window and they see a woman standing under the streetlight. Yeah, that scene is... Um, maybe there's a stranger upstairs while my dogs are barking. Um <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that, that's because they go into the basement. They look out the the window and they see um, the doll face standing in the in the streetlight. But yeah, that's very um, another very creepy shot. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like I guess we're kind of a, at a point in this movie where we're just uh, trying to just get to the finish line. And, mm-hmm. uh, I wonder how these three killers would handle a house with a dog or do they just stock a place and like knock and then they oh they don't have dogs because no dogs bark when I knock so um it it might be a situation where they kill the dog first <laughs> yeah um yeah they could always do that that'd be easy yeah because if you're like th- I mean, most of the time if you're three on one with a dog um yeah humans will probably outnumber and um beat the dog but um i know um my dog now would definitely hear everything (laughs) yeah and my two dogs wouldn't take too kindly to um anybody Mm. knocking at the door and everything yeah the previous dog was deaf so he would not have heard (laughs) anything so he wouldn't have been helped (laughs) no he would have just um he probably would have just licked them as when they came into the house. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, my my two dogs now would not take too kindly to anyone uh, knocking at the door constantly. And yeah, probably, and that'd probably be the most annoying thing about it is like the dogs won't stop barking now, and, <laughs> and you keep knocking. So can you please leave? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, when when they see the doll face standing there. Uh, James has this very strange line where he's like, he's like, I wonder what they want. People don't just stand out there staring if they don't want anything. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, like, what? (laughs) Like, they obviously want to cause harm. That's what they want. (laughs) Yeah, and and this is kind of like where we're uh, kind of uh, suspending disbelief because as they're, they're talking and bickering and looking at each other, uh, the doll face just disappears, and it's very similar to uh, to uh, Michael Myers style, where yeah, are, they're there and then they're just gone. Um, but yeah, to to your point, as um, like something with a dog, like there's a ton of ways where this could um, where you could spawn different sequels and different situations for these people. Yeah, like, like maybe um, 
like one time we're in Texas and you know how they don't mess around in Texas where it's like, oh, if you show up at my property, I'm just going to shoot you. But mm-hmm. it could be a situation like that. <clears throat> um, you could you could do something with a dog where it's like, um, like oh, they, they found their dog dead outside and whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of different situations because it's such a, a simple premise. Yeah, and there's a bunch of different um, scenarios and outcomes you could put in the movie. Yeah. So they probably just didn't want to make a franchise and have the same three people constantly being successful and surviving. Yeah, probably. But but they could always kill off. Well, we saw in the sequel that they actually killed off all of them, but they could have killed off maybe one. Yeah, <clears throat> which that was a mistake and a half to kill off all all three of them. Um, well, they did have that ambiguous ending that maybe one or more of them didn't die, or maybe these three are copycat killers, which is the better theory. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, anyway, James goes outside and uh, like he's trying to leave, and the the car windshield has been destroyed and like I couldn't tell for sure because this Blu-ray transfer is awful but did they slash one of the tires? Yeah. Okay. I I couldn't tell because I thought they did and then later on they try to leave in the car again. It's like you're not Yeah, they were trying to drive away even with the tires slashed. Yeah. But um this is a this is kind of a uh, cool scene because, like, as he's in the car, uh, he's like looking for something, and uh, one of them like touches his neck, mm-hmm. and then they're just gone. And it's like, like I said earlier, like you could have easily just killed him here, but you didn't. Yeah. And I couldn't tell if Kristen was supposed to be watching at this point, so I don't know how she didn't see any of this happening. <laughs> but um. Yeah, they somehow run away. And then I guess she was watching her own back. <laughs> I guess. And then she after she touches his neck, she's at the end of the driveway just standing there watching. And when James like starts looking at her, we see one of the strangers just running in the woods. Mm-hmm. And uh he he's like taunting her and he's like, What do, what do you want? And she, like, obviously she doesn't say anything. And then Kristen comes out, and she's like, Hey, James, come inside. Don't, don't approach them or whatever. And then um, as they're doing that, uh, the doll face disappears again. And, um, yeah. So then we got to pad the runtime again, because James is like... Like, we, we literally watch him walk to the end of the driveway... And then walk back into the house, and it's like it's like three minutes of him just walking and seeing nothing, mm-hmm. and then walking back and seeing nothing, and it's like come up with something, something for your characters to do other than other than this. I guess just to build the suspense. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of that in like Halloween too, where we're. Just walking around town and everything, so yeah, it's not really. <clears throat> it doesn't really annoy me as much as I'm making it out to be. But... <laughs> so 
when James goes back into the house, uh, we get one of those situations where there is something scary going on and a character got a jump scare another character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, uh, like, as soon as he gets into the house, she, like, grabs him and it's like, what? why would you do that? Hmm. Um, so this is where I wanted to point out that we have a um, a movie that throws in random sound effects for the case, or I mean, pretty much just because, um, because like three minutes ago when the girl touched James' neck, I had the subtitles on in my movie, and. Mm-hmm. One of the subtitles said there was a dog barking in the distance. Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. But in this scene, James has that line, and he's he says he hasn't seen a dog bark or a car pass since they got here, so we're all alone. Which is a lie, because they just put in that sound effect of mm-hmm. the dog barking in the distance. So, either... There is a dog barking in the distance, or you just threw in that random sound effect just to have sound effects in the movie. Um, yeah, probably added in post-production. I, yeah, I think that's the case, too, because there is there is that scene where um, the, the grinding in the window that I was just talking about mm-hmm. a few minutes ago. Like, oh, the scene was a little too quiet. We need like, a little sound. Yeah. So... And Kristen and James try to leave with this car that has a flat tire. And as they're about to leave, a truck pulls in. And the the lighting in this scene really makes no sense, but it, it is kind of cool. Um, they they like turn the the um they turn the car off so the lights are not shining on the girl in the truck. Mm-hmm. But then there's a random light source that just lights up her face, and we see that it's the third one, which is the uh, like a, a pinup girl, I think mm-hmm. is her name. Yeah. No, I just assumed she drove closer in the streetlight car. I don't think the car was moving, but maybe. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you, you could be right, but I'm not sure. Yeah, this is the, uh, the the third and final one, which is the pinup girl, and um, that like now they really have no way out because this truck is blocking the way, and they have a flat tire. And then just to uh, just to be sure, the pinup girl uh, floors it and slams the truck the truck into the car, and then um, I, I guess that mm-hmm. uh, that totals the. Uh, cars now they have no way out so so they run back into the house (laughs) um james grabs his dad's gun and uh, this is a cool scene when they go into the house they have um they've written um hello all over the bedroom window oh Um, yeah i think it's in blood might be in lipstick i'm not 100 percent sure or paint or whatever yeah it's red yeah, so um, we learn that uh, James uh, actually lied about his past because he's like, I went hunting with my dad uh, all my life. And then when he gets the gun, he's like, I don't even know how to load this thing. 
And she's like, <laughs> she's like, unless you went hunting with your dad all the time. And he's like, no, that was just something I said. <laughs> so, um, I, I guess he ends up figuring out how to load it though somehow. Um, because they approach the front door, and then uh, the sackhead ends up hitting the front door with an axe over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, James ends up shooting, which I guess we're supposed to believe uh, hit him, even though it didn't. Yeah. Because um, it just, like, I guess he just stops as soon as they shoot. And then they grab a conveniently placed piano. <laughs> to to block the front door, <laughs> and they yeah they just grab the grab the piano, push it in front of the door, and then um run run away I guess so they think no one could get into the house. Well, I think they knew somebody was coming in, but they hid with the gun and oh, yeah. and waited for somebody to walk by. Oh yeah, because this is the part where um. They're like, I don't care how long we have to wait. We're going to camp out here. And, um... Yeah, so this is probably my favorite uh, scene in the movie, because, yeah, Mm -hmm. they do know someone is in the house, because they start playing Mama Tried on the record record player. Yeah. Um... I'm curious as to if these songs have any, like, significance to, uh... characters. Well, Mama Tried is actually by Merle Haggard and the Strangers. Oh, okay. So that's probably why they chose this song. Okay, I didn't I didn't catch that. <clears throat> I mean, see that that would be something cool to explore in a in a sequel. Like maybe these are like um... Merle Haggard's band. Well, no. I was, <laughs> no <kidding. laughs> I was gonna say maybe they are like um like world famous or whatever and they're mm-hmm. just they're known as the strangers. Yeah. Oh the strangers strike again. Like oh the the strangers have attacked in uh in Idaho. <laughs> Something like that. Um Yeah, I don't know. We're coming up with ideas for sequels that are probably never going to happen, but... Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, so this is where uh, we meet our uh, our third character <clears throat> named Mike, who uh, uh, James has called earlier. And mm-hmm. this scene made me crack up, because <clears throat> Mike is drunk from the, the wedding, but he... He calls James on the phone, and he he's just like drunk talking, like saying saying a lot of words, but saying nothing. Yeah, like, Jimmy James, Jimbo, and then a rock just flies through <laughs> his windshield. <laughs> <laughs> I would have just ran. It it's just like so so random because he's just talking like Jimmy James. <laughs> just this, yeah. this rock just flies through his windshield. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so Mike is like, oh, well, that that's peculiar. Let me slowly <laughs> walk through this house. Yeah. So, uh, yeah I he guess likes- he's like, oh, crap, my friends are... Well, he's a, he's a good friend because he knows there's something up 
and somebody has broken in, but he's still looking through the house and trying to find them. Even though he has a cell phone, so he could have just called 911 from the car. Yeah. Oh, this looks peculiar here. And someone threw a rock through my windshield. Like, let me call the cops instantly. Yeah, but we're not doing that. (laughs) Um, Uh We're slowly walking into the house. Um, Mike is, like, kind of... Unarmed. (laughs) Yeah. And it it's a it's pretty creepy because he's he's slowly walking through the house and then we see a sackhead behind him and he has an axe in his hand mhm and um i forgot to mention when he's going into the house um he is like it, like this this doesn't really make sense either he goes into the house and then we see the the doll face just kind of appear in the front door. Mm-hmm. But like she doesn't walk or anything. She just slowly fades in. And I'm not like I'm not sure how that happened. I, like I don't think it's a reflection or anything. I think she just appears. Appears through the shadows. Yeah, but I, I have no idea. So yeah, the the sack head is creepily behind behind Mike. And then Mike almost turns around to like look to to see if anyone's behind him because I think he's just getting like that vibe, like oh someone's behind me. Yeah, I definitely would have gotten the vibe. But he's he's definitely turned around enough to see what's behind him, but he doesn't. And then he just walks forward and then just gets his head blown off. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um. Yeah, so, so James mistakens him for the sackhead guy and shoots him and kills him. And um, it's like, for a second, he thinks he got him, but then he's like, oh, he wasn't wearing a mask. I wonder who that was. <clears throat> and, then, and then he goes into the hallway and realizes that it was Mike and that he killed the wrong guy. And then we got to sit on this death for a few minutes. Get yeah. Us, get us to... Um, 86 minutes, so we got to sit here for a little bit and uh, contemplate what just happened. <clears throat> I would still probably stay in this room. Because that probably is yeah. your best bet. Yeah, I probably would have too. Regardless of if you just killed your friend, like I would still camp out here. And if um, I was the killers, I would have been like, oh, so they're actually capable of killing us, so I'm going to leave. <laughs> Like, oh, they actually mean business. Yeah. But they actually shot him, so they <clears throat> would have shot me if I walked by. So I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, or just let one of the other ones do all the work and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to jump back in now. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> they actually write, um, killer on the back door in blood, which is, uh, which is pretty creepy. Uh, they're they're still like um, like taunting, and then we have the the um, the great decision to uh, split up. <laughs> yeah, he's going to the barn because there's a radio in there to call for help, mm-hmm. which I never understood these radios. I guess they're like ranger radios or something. Yeah, I, I don't even know who you're talking to on those radios. <laughs> it says he heads out. He heads to the barn outside to use a ham radio for help, 
but who is sitting at ham radios waiting for people? Yeah, I, I have no idea. Um, yeah, they they never really say who they eventually get a hold of or anything. I understand it in like a cabin scenario or like at a camp or a resort because somebody probably would be sitting in there, but not at someone's house. Right. Yeah, I I have no idea who they're trying to get a hold of. I'm trying to get um, a hold of someone though. But I guess the um I guess this barn is their hideout of sorts because the one girl came out from the barn. Yeah, it does seem like it. So I'm surprised they didn't destroy the radio. Yeah, you feel like that would have been like one of the first things they did was because they took down the phone lines. It's like, why don't you try to take down any type of communication that they might have to the outside world? Yeah. But um, yeah, we do see the pinup girl coming from there. And then James just, <laughs> he has the gun, so he tries to shoot. But it's like, he's just, he's just too it took loud. like 10 seconds too long and he was too loud. And this scene is really creepy because the sackhead just runs at him. And mm-hmm. that was scary. But then from the yeah. house, um, from the house, Kristen just hears a gunshot. And then, like, she's just left to, um, like, be on her own, I guess. And, like, I don't know. This, this is weird because I guess, according to IMDb, Apparently she senses his presence and she knows he's in the house. So she's like, oh, I'm going to leave now. But I'm not sure how she would know that. Um, she runs from the house and she she tries to run into the barn, but she ends up twisting her ankle. Yeah. And like that's another horror movie trope that we got we to gotta toy with a little bit where the, the protagonist... Uh, hurts themselves over nothing. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> but, um... I mean, th- there's this shot while she's doing this of, uh, like, she's she's crawling to the barn, and there's the cool shot of the pinup girl walking behind her. And, like, it would have been cool if they would have did something where the, um... the pinup girl, like, attacks her or something. Mm-hmm. And that's how she hurts her ankle. Yeah. Instead of doing it over nothing, like oh maybe, uh, maybe she gets in a fight with pinup girl and then like, um, trips over a tree or something or a branch yeah. or something. She could, yeah, you know, she could have like snuck up behind there and just like kicked her leg and ran off. Yeah, yeah, something like it's, that. Is they're already toying with them? Yeah, because because she's like walking behind her. And like stalking her, but she has the perfect chance to kill her, but she doesn't. Yeah, why not trip her and injure her, and then yeah, run? Cause, yeah, because that adds a little bit more, um, like I guess, um, tension to it. Yeah. But, but she gets to the barn, <clears throat> and she like fiddles with the radio for a little bit, and um, like I, I guess the strangers are still making some noises in the barn. Um, while she's trying to call for somebody. <clears throat> and then someone I finally... I heard, because I had the subtitles on, that said something about a voice in the distance. And it sounded like a guy calling out something. 
Okay, I didn't see that. No, I don't know if that was him or it was a whole different scenario. Maybe a neighbor or somebody. <laughs> or like the random sound effects that they just add, like the dog barking. Yeah, that could be. So uh, someone finally answers the radio and she's just like, uh, Kristen's just like, I need help. And the guy says, uh, where are you? And she, I guess she doesn't get a chance to answer because the pinup doll girl smashes the radio. Yeah. And then um, before she could give him her coordinates. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure she knows the address of this house anyway. <laughs> but like the first thing I'm saying is I'm at blah 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 help. Yeah. Instead of, instead of just saying I need help, like say more than I need help. Just just spew out all your information at once and run away. <laughs> Cause like I've already I mean I, I have the situation in my brain already where if I'm in a situation like this, I'm calling 911 and I'm just saying my address and then mm-hmm. hanging up and then hanging up. And then you would get all the help you need. But instead, she's just like, I need help. And they're like, where are you? And then the radio gets broken. <laughs> <clears throat> I would have shouted out my address first. I need help. At... Yeah, exactly. Just. <laughs> yeah, like similar to what. 911 situation is just call the yeah. call 911 and just be like help I'm at blah 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 and there you go but um the first address I thought of was 15 Cherrywood <laughs> on <laughs> Halloween too <laughs> oh yeah we just got a 911 call well did you dispatch it yes I did <laughs> <laughs> so why are you telling me because <laughs> dot 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 the phone call came. I love that movie more than most things in this world. But mm-hmm. that's that scene. <laughs> that scene is just terrible. Maya was smart. It was just he was there. Yeah. There's nothing she could have done. Yeah, but <clears throat> she still she got could... it out. Like she still got the address out, and that's all that matters. Yeah. They knew enough to get there. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, she like crawl- Kristen crawls back to the house. Um, while she's doing that, there's there's that creepy shot that I told you about earlier that was in the the commercial, where the uh, doll face is hanging out at the, the swing. Yeah, and I think there's some other creepy shots of the other two killers. I can't really remember them too much. I think the pinup girl's just watching. Um, I'm not sure where the sack head is at, but but uh, Kristen looks up, and Mike's car is now on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what? They're <laughs> really making sure. It, it's just so out of left field. Like You could just cut the tires or anything. You don't have to set the whole thing on fire. But um, and then the uh, the killers are gone. So she goes back into the house, and uh, she's kind of just wandering around for a little while. Um, 
they end up cutting the power to the house, which is another um, a cool thing they do. This is like, I guess their their final run because they're like, oh, it's almost morning, so we gotta we gotta yeah. finish this now. Um, <clears throat> so Kristen decides to hide in the closet, and it's one of those where it has like the shutters, so you can see through. Uh-huh. It's, it's like you can see through, but they can't see the other side. Um, yeah, so she ends up seeing um, the, the sackhead kind of just wandering around. And then, um, I mean, I, I think it would have been cool to, to kind of see, like, a little bit of their technique. Uh-huh. Like, maybe they're just kind of, like, planning things. Um, like they don't have to talk or anything, but yeah, but just like something to kind of like get a, a little bit of a look into exactly how they do things. I think that would have been cool. But um, but uh, Sackhead ends up leaving, and then um, <clears throat> the uh, Dollface girl ends up showing up at the window or at the door, and she ends up smashing it, and then. It's like they knew she was in there the whole time. They're like, oh, we're going to make her think she got away. Yeah. yeah maybe that's what they're doing. Um, yeah, so... She's like... like the, the it, It's weird, because the doll face is like smashing the, the door, and then she notices the engagement ring. And... She kind of is like... I guess... I guess the doll face kind of realizes what was going on. Like, oh... You were supposed to be engaged, but uh-huh. that's not happening anymore. And the only thing Kristen says is, uh, he's going to kill you. And, uh, like, like this scene, it, this scene's pretty funny. I mean, not, not funny, but it's, it's weird. Cause, <laughs> cause like, just as she says that the sackhead just throws James into the house <laughs> and it's yeah. like he's like half dead as it is because we don't know what exactly uh the sackhead did to him while he was after he attacked him or whatever but um i, I guess he's been beat or whatever i don't know it, it, yeah. really, makes, it really makes no sense because he was in good shape and then he got attacked and now he's just like one foot in the grave i know he kicked him in the head yeah so that doesn't help. So I guess James is not going to kill them, and then the the doll face uh, finally talks again, and she tells Kristen, "You're you're going to die," and James tells her to run, and uh, she goes to leave, but the the third one is at the front door, so she can't leave, and then she she runs into the bedroom and can't get the window open for some reason. It, it's like, just break the, the glass. Yeah. They must've jammed it or something. Yeah. I think, I think that's what they did. I um, thought the one at the front door. <laughs> yeah. Like, like do something like either fight, fight one of them or break the window, like do something. Yeah. I would have, I know they have weapons. Other than something to her. <laughs> and like, like last attempt. Yeah, like if if, if you're pretty much going to die, at least try to fight the one off. Yeah. But um and I guess James is screaming in the background, but then he stops 
and then the lights in the house come back on and um Kristen is kind of just like trapped in the bedroom and I guess it like creates the 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 question where it's like are they gone or like you know but as soon as she leaves the bedroom the sack had like brutally grabs her and just like slams her into the wall <laughs> and and I, I guess it like knocks her unconscious and this scene like it, it's it's something so subtle but it's really creepy like as he's dragging her body you could hear him like breathing mm-hmm. and it's I don't know just something about that it just adds like a um like a, a layer of like life to the killer, I guess you could say. Yeah. Because <clears throat> it's like, oh, that's just a normal guy, and you could hear him. It's it's almost like hearing Michael Myers breathing in that original movie, or like yeah. hearing, him, hearing him grunting in a few of the movies, or it's like, oh, he's just a normal guy, and like there's nothing really supernatural about him. He's just a guy, and like that makes him more creepy. Yeah. But um, so he he like drags her off screen, and then we hear Kristen scream, and the movie just cuts to black, <laughs> and it's like one of like two or three false endings to this movie because it's like oh, the screen could have cut to black and they just killed him off screen, but then we cut to um, daylight and um, yeah, the pinup girl opens the curtains and it's um. Unfortunately, the shot was ruined in the trailer and in the posters. Yeah. It's the uh, it's all three killers standing above uh, James and Kristen. As they're, I noticed, uh, as they're tied up to a chair. Go ahead. I noticed they were back in their wedding attire when they were tied to the chairs. Oh, I didn't even catch that. If for some reason, they dressed them in their wedding clothes like he put they put his jacket back on and they put her gown on her i noticed that now that you mention it because i remember her wearing the dress but i didn't um i never caught that until now um, yeah i actually caught it last night and i was like wait why are they in their clothes Did they shoot this scene first and they just forgot to change it yeah, because there is that there there is that scene where Kristen um like puts on jeans and a flannel, mm-hmm. her, her fighting gear. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but uh, yeah. they did shoot the movie in chronological order, from what I read, so it was intentional. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that that adds another like layer to what they're thinking, like because. Uh, like, I like the uh, the doll face is like playing with the engagement ring, mm-hmm. and then they dress them back up into the wedding attire. So yeah, I wonder if like, yeah, like that, like I, I don't know, that creates like some um, I guess questions about them, you know? Yeah, that is um, an interesting layer to them that I never, never realized. Um. I'm going to say it was the blonde girl's idea. Yeah, probably. She seems to be the most... Um, humane one, even though <laughs> none of them are. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so this is that um, iconic line where um, Kristen asks, uh, why are you doing this to us? And the girl says, because you were home. Which is like, oh, well, that's... It's like, oh, so if we weren't home, like you would have just went somewhere else and did this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, pretty much. And that's why I texted you when I when I got done watching it. Because I remember one of them asking in that movie, why are you doing this to us? And I um I I didn't remember if they answered in that movie. But Yeah. Um, oh I wonder wasn't the blonde girl answering again? I'm not sure. I, I I could I honestly didn't don't remember at all. Um I remember them being asked that, but I don't remember them ever answering. I thought maybe the dad asked the guy. Yeah, I don't know. Um I do plan on rewatching that sequel pretty soon, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um so the killer oh go ahead like it unlocked their memory because i remember the blonde girl saying why not or something oh okay yeah right before she she was killed yeah okay Um, unlocked a memory that was hidden (laughs) yeah yeah i I do remember that now that you mention it I, i couldn't remember but yeah i do remember that now um yeah, so anyway, they, um, they all the killers take their masks off, and it's this like, they do this like really um, clean, clean cut when <laughs> when they take their mask off because it's like, oh, we're about to see it. Nope, it's gone. Um, then um, they they kind of take turns stabbing James and Kristen, and it's very brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that that's pretty much it. They they um they stab them like we 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 hear screams like we get to sit on that for a little while. Um, yeah. And um and we uh we cut to uh glimpses of their um <clears throat> of their bodies just laying there and they're uh pretty much um I mean James is definitely dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think this part is only in the unrated version, um, where the cell phone rings. Am I right in saying that? Oh, I didn't see that. Okay, yes, yeah, so I watched the unrated version, so this is the only difference from what I remember. Um, Mike's uh, cell phone ends up ringing, ringing in the hallway, and. <clears throat> The movie should have ended before this, I think, with both of their lifeless bodies laying there. Uh-huh. But, um, uh, Mike's phone ends up ringing, and then Kristen uh, crawls toward the phone, and then the sackhead guy comes in, and as she's about to get to the phone, he just takes the phone and uh-huh. just walks away. So like that that would have been like their last means of like calling nine one one or whatever. It's funny because they could have checked him, but they weren't thinking in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So he t- he like kneels down and takes the phone and then just leaves. 
and then yeah i didn't see that scene in the version i watched and then it's like another false ending where I'm kind of i didn't see that <laughs> i know i've seen it before it it, add, it adds nothing to it um, yeah like it should have ended with them just like showing their dead bodies but then it cuts to that scene and like it's hinted or it's like teased that's the ending and then we cut to another scene where it's like um like they're in the truck and they encounter like the the these two like uh religious kids mhm and oh yeah delivering the pamphlets yeah and the kids are like do you sin and the blonde girl says sometimes and they give them a pamphlet. She's the one, she's the one that asks for a pamphlet. Mm-hmm. And then she gets, um, <clears throat> she gets back in the car, and then she says, "It'll be easier next time." Which, I guess that's the. Um, it says pinup girl, says that. So I guess that was the dark haired girl. Okay. So I don't know if they mean it'll be easier, like, and we'll take that long next time. <laughs> Or, like, maybe they struggled, like, I don't know, like, emotionally. <laughs> like, oh. That's why the blonde one seems like she's the most humane of the three, even though she did part do all that stuff and she stabbed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always but she also seems to show a little bit of regret, because she says she sins sometimes. Yeah, I, that's what I always took it as, where, like, they kind of like like they almost regret doing it but it's mm-hmm. like and and like they they feel like they'll be desensitized as they keep doing it yeah that's what i got it as but they um only get to see them do it one other time <laughs> yeah or it's just it'll be easier like <laughs> they're already desensitized and it's like Oh yeah, we'll get this done faster next time. Yeah. So I guess you could take it whichever way you want. I like the first way better. Mm-hmm. So the movie could have ended here as well, but we cut back to the house, <laughs> and these kids show up, and oh, yeah, the nine one one kids. <laughs> yeah, they see this like um, like rundown um, but like the rundown house with all this damage done to it, and. Yeah, earlier they were the ones who called nine one one, but <clears throat> you see them go into the house, and then they walk. One of them walks up to Kristen's body, and then she screams, which implies that she lived, which mm-hmm. uh, I don't think should have happened. But I think they were going to bring her back for a sequel. Yeah, I think I would have ended it with them driving off, and then maybe show like quiet news credits about this this scene, and then they'll be like. Oh, like 50 miles away, a similar thing took place where we found these masks and they killed like a family or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like show show a couple different news broadcasts of different murders done by them. Yeah, something like that. I don't I don't know. I just feel like it was I'm not I'm not in love with the ending as I am with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way. It ends like three different times and then it's like 
when they actually do end it, it is kind of dumb. But yeah. But yeah. Um, that is uh, <clears throat> that is the Strangers from two thousand eight. Uh, the uh, very good modern slasher film. Uh-huh. Um, I think it still holds up. It's still um, still very good. It it um it does drag in some places, but I do think it. Um, I mean, we we are kind of limping toward the the eighty six minute runtime. Yeah. But the good thing is, it it, it is only um, eighty six minutes. So yeah. And it it is terrifying, and it does create like. Lifelong trauma. If you were uh, a twelve, a twelve-year-old, um, who uh, convinces his mom to uh, take him to go see the strangers, yeah, and then has to uh, be home alone in the morning uh, while your mom, <laughs> while your mom is at work, and your brother sleeps until noon, and then you wake up at eight and have to go have to go downstairs by yourself. Sorry. <laughs> Very specific. Yeah. So if you if you were in that situation, you're not alone because I too have uh <laughs> have dealt with uh, the trauma of uh the strangers. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I wouldn't say it's in I mean I wouldn't say it's in like the top like fifty best horror movies, but it's probably in my top fifty favorite horror movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely up there for me too. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of this, and I wish we would have got a lot more. But um, we will do that sequel eventually on the podcast. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess for now, um, I do think it was um, copycat killers because those killers do not feel the same as here. No, not at all. But um. But yeah, um, I think that's all I got on the um, on the strangers. Do you got anything else? No, I think that's all I got too. <clears throat> okay, so I wanted to uh, introduce a, uh, a a new segment mm. on the podcast that I wanted to, t- to test out with you. Okay. Okay. It is called IMDb Trivia Trivia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where I have scoured the internet movie database and have found a terrible uh, trivia that was submitted by fans. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you have to guess the movie. Okay. Okay. So I'm probably going to do a, a few easy ones. Uh oh. We're going to do a few easy ones at first. Um, it's it's kind of just to to highlight how bad uh, the IMDb <laughs> trivia section has gotten over the years. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, I'm terrible at trivia, so we'll see if I get anything. And even for future reference, you can find some trivia too that you wanna you wanna throw at me, and we could do this okay. do this weekly or something or whenever we feel like it. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Um, we'll we'll get a theme song in here eventually, but um, <clears throat> for now this is the IMDb. Trivia, trivia game, okay? Okay. I'm going to do three of them, okay? Okay. Number one, there are seven S's in the title. (laughs) 
Oh, it's supposed to be easy. Have I seen the movie? Uh, probably not. Oh, no. I haven't. There are seven S's in the title. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with snakes. I almost said snakes on a plane. Awful. But there's only <laughs> one S in there. Um. Two S's. Snakes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm 100% sure you won't get it, so I could just tell you. But um, once I tell you, you're going to be like, oh, that was really dumb. Okay. Okay. So the movie is called... Like a snake. Okay. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, and and the trivia is that there are seven S's in the title for a movie called... I'm like, oh, thanks for that. Um, thanks for that trivia <clears throat> that <laughs> nobody cared about. Okay, here, here's here's a really easy one. Okay. Okay. According to the director, this movie will be centered around Kong facing Godzilla. Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> yes. Or Godzilla right. versus Kong, depending on which one. Because the director might have sent it on all versions. Uh, it, it's um, <clears throat> I took out the director's name, but the the full quote is: According to director Adam Wingard, Godzilla vs. Kong will be centered around Kong facing Godzilla. <clears throat> <clears throat> all right, and and here's the third one. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. if you'll get this. Um, there is a disturbing hair pointing out of Jake Gyllenhaal's left nostril when he is in a heated argument with his brother. Mm. What has he been in with? Is it Prisoners? No. No, he didn't. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It came out this decade. So like 2020 till now. I was going to say, he fought with his... Sister and Donnie Darko, so it's not that. Mm. Hmm. Is it the guilty? No. Uh it ambulance. is Yes, Ambulance. Uh the one that just came out last month. Um Yeah, so <clears throat> well, he's been in a bunch of random movies. Yeah, but uh, apparently somebody noticed that a left hair is sticking out of his nostril in the scene, and they uh, chose to add it to the IMDb trivia. It was that unsettling for them. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's okay. funny because the full um, full piece of trivia says um, a disturbing a, a disturbing hair pointing out of Jake Gyllenhaal's left nostril <laughs> when he. Is in a heated argument with his brother at the oh, with disturbing hair. Yeah, <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's that. Um, oh, I just that, saw Dylan O'Brien was supposed to be in that movie. Ambulance. Yeah. Hmm. I never got around to. Well, that, that's actually on um, 
you can rent it now for twenty dollars, which I was considering oh. doing, but I don't want to don't want to pay twenty dollars to see a movie that I might not like because I no, did that. I, I don't I think did, I'm gonna watch it. I did that last week with um, that movie. Uh, We're all going to the World's Fair. It was seven dollars. Uh. It was seven dollars to rent. I was like, yeah, why not? Let me just suck it up and rent that. And uh, boy, was that a, a waste of seven dollars. Um, <laughs> that movie's getting good reviews and everything, but I just don't think it was it was for me. I, I, I honestly just don't understand the hype surrounding that movie. Um, it was like ninety two percent from critics and like. No, it was like 17% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and like 92% from fans or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I was not a fan of it. Um, so I probably shouldn't watch it. No, I don't recommend that. <clears throat> but speaking <laughs> of, uh, we could jump into our uh, weekly recommendations. Um, since we're done with the uh, IMDb trivia trivia game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me pull up. All right. Would you like to go first? Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just going to recommend The North Man, directed by Robert Eggers. Okay. I feel like I saw that a long time ago, but it's only been a week. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that the other day. I was like, how did we only see that four days ago? It is an action-filled epic that follows a young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's murder. Yes, and um, I don't really want to get into spoilers on that because it just came out last week. But Yeah, that's is, um, a movie. It has a very good cast. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Robert Eggers is uh, three for three in his... Uh, Major motion pictures, uh, The Witch, mm-hmm. The Lighthouse, and The Northman. They're all great. Yeah, he doesn't make bad movies. I'm convinced. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking the other day, and I'm like, The Northman, is that really like <clears throat> my favorite movie of the year? Because like that one has almost stuck with me more than any other movie this year. Yeah, it has for me. <laughs> I think it is my favorite. That um, that one shot at the end of the movie uh, that I told you about the other day that I don't want to spoil here. Mm-hmm. Um, not the the final final shot, but the shot before that. Yeah. Um, that will like like that that's perfect. Um, there's a bunch of scenes that just stick to my mind, like the whole um, Willem Dafoe part. You know that yeah. part. Yeah, <laughs> the, the part where he's uh. Or the, or when he's a little boy and he's like paddling away, <clears throat> and saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. he's going, he's going to avenge his dad and save his mother, or whatever." And but Bjork, Bjork's part as the as Cirrus. Yeah, I'm not sure of her name. Something like that. Yeah, I loved. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I am going to recommend. Um, a what year was it 
a 2006 film called Them, or um, it's called Ills because it's in a, a it's a foreign film. I forget what language it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, it says they speak French and Romanian, but um, <clears throat> tell me if you uh, tell me if this this plot sounds familiar. So this movie came out in 2006. It's about mm-hmm. these these two characters named Lucas and Clementine who are peacefully mm-hmm. isolated in their country home. But one night they wake up to a strange noise, and they're not alone. And a group of people show up to terrorize them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it came out prior to the strangers. Um. You. Oh, I see. It's only an hour and seventeen minutes. Yeah. It's it's um it's absolutely terrifying. Like I remember watching the trailer when I was younger, and the trailer is terrifying. Watch uh, free on Freevee. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah it, it, it is in uh French. Uh if you uh if you can handle foreign films. Um I know some people can't. But, I know uh, I've watched Parasite and Lamb. <clears throat> yeah, so there you go. But yeah, that, that movie is um I don't want to compare it to The Strangers, but you can tell that The Strangers was inspired by that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is um it is quite terrifying. Um it's another one of those movies that's like set in a realistic setting and it's uh it it's just scary because I don't I don't think anything's more scary than just being home where you feel safe and then people just ruining that. Yeah. But um yeah, it's called them and uh I recommend it. Okay. <clears throat> Um, yeah, so I think that's all I have for uh, this episode. Um, if you enjoyed the uh, IMDb uh, trivia trivia game, uh, feel free to uh, submit your own. Um, if you have any uh, recommendations for uh, some stupid trivia on IMDb, the people post, hmm. uh, send it to us. And uh, I'm gonna look at I, some too. I guess whoever sees it first will ask the other one. <laughs> Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, we could do that weekly, or we could do it bi-weekly, or whatever. Yeah, well, I'll look up some too. <clears throat> do you remember that um clip of Triple H where <laughs> it was like when I when I said bi-weekly, it reminded me of this, but they were talking about how. Uh, Triple H is bilingual, and he's like, there's a lot of bi things I am, but bilingual is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, wait, did I mean to say that? <laughs> I'm like, oops, I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. But yeah, so um, I think I'm done with this episode. How about you? Mm-hmm. All right, so you can follow us on Instagram at Santa Mary After Dark. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Santamira AD Pod. Uh, through there, you can find our personal uh, social media accounts. And um, uh, rate and review wherever you listen to the podcast because uh, that helps us uh, get the podcast out there to more people. <clears throat> I noticed Spot- Spotify does 
they, they recently added a review system onto there, so um, if you haven't reviewed it, or if you haven't rated it at least on Spotify, we would, would appreciate that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, I think that's all I got. Mm-hmm. Me too. Right. And, and curfew is now in session. With no laughs or chuckles or anything this time. Towards the bad I kept on turning Till mama couldn't hold me anymore I turned 21 in prison Doing life without parole No one could steer me right But mama tried, mama tried Mama tried to raise me better But her pleading I denied That leaves only me to blame Cause mama tried 